The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What's up, everybody? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Brace for Impact podcast. Better bundle up because we're going up north. You are listening to the Fretzelmania podcast on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mr. Fretz. And as always, I am the advocate for the undisputed, undefeatable champion. My guest today on episode 143 of Fretzelmania, Nate, the effing great, everyone's favorite banana. How you doing? Good brother. I am doing very well, my good sir. The Banana James character, which made the announcement already, is going to be slowly taken off. I just got to start working on getting some TikToks for him going, but it's going to be a good time. Wrestling is going to be awesome this year. I can feel it in my bones. But before we get into that, Mr. Fretz, you invited me on a very special episode of the Fretzel Media podcast. Oh, yes, indeed I did. Um, I'm doing an episode of SmackDown today, taking a quick diversion from Monday Night Raw because, well, I wanted to do this very thing, but I didn't realize it was on SmackDown. We are on the road to the Royal Rumble 2000. That review is coming next week with my special guest, King Ricky Rose. So keep your ears open for that one. Hold on, hold on, Mr. Fretz. I was about to say, we have to do it right. He is King Ricky. Rose. I know he's not here for that one. I'll try and do it as good as as good as that next week, but I, I can't make <laughs> any promises. You're the you're the Aiden English of Russell Attic Radio. So <laughs> on, on this very snowy Rusev day. Yes, this is an episode of SmackDown. We have we're going to Royal Rumble. We're getting Mick Foley versus Triple H in a street fight, or so we think. A little bit of backstory here. There's going to be a Raw recap. I'm going to talk about Nitro. We're going to their street fight, and this is an episode of SmackDown where Mankind is no more. And Cactus Jack is reborn. And I didn't know it was so soon into the show. Like, when I get to my notes here, boom, we're there. Uh, We're going to do a quick Raw, I don't have all of Raw recaps because it was just whatever they had on the intro. So that week, The Rock is staging a walkout. He has the whole roster out in the ring and he's saying, Hey, Triple H, if you don't reinstate Mick Foley, we're walking out of the job. We're gone. Take notes here the Yes Movement some 14 years after this. And then finally, he's like, Okay, yeah, yep. Foley, you're back. 
you're here. Fine. Uh, in this very ring tonight, we're going to get the APA and the Rock and Sock Connection riding once again, going up against Degeneration X. And we see a spot here where DX walks out on Triple H. Maybe. There's a pedigree through the table. And uh, long story short, Triple H wins this match. And then afterwards, Mankind rips off his mask. They have a hardcore brawl. They have a plunder. Insert eyes emoji here. Bang, bang. We then get SmackDown intro theme from 2000, which is nonsense lyrics. Do -do 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 -do. Oh, God. <laughs> as soon as I saw this intro, I was like, I don't miss this one. This was just... I know some people are nostalgic for it, but this was one where I was like, I'm so glad that we don't have to deal with this one. It makes me it makes me think of OSW Review. It's some of my favorite podcasters out there. Uh, before we get to this, you want to hear about Monday Nitro? So it's really funny because we actually talked before the show and um what one one of the things that I was going to talk about was in fact about Nitro. So yes, sir, please talk tell me about this Nitro that we that are going to be talking about. Okay, uh, the a few nights ago, I think this is on January tenth. I believe this was in Buffalo. I didn't know where this took place, but we have Crowbar and David Flair, the WCW Tag Team Champions, defeating Malenko and Saturn and the Filthy Animals in a triple threat match. This next bit, oh boy. So Jeff Jarrett has been feuding with people, and I think well, he's feuding with Chris Benoit. They're supposed to have a match at Sold Out, but as we know, Sold Out, things change because Bret Hart and Jeff Jarrett both are injured. George the Animal Steel defeats Jeff Jarrett in a bunkhouse match. Chris Benoit is the, special guest. Mm -hmm. is the special guest referee. Immediately afterwards... Tito Santana defeats Jeff Jarrett in a dungeon match. Don't ask me what that is. It's not the Dan the Beast Severin one from 1998. Immediately after that, Jimmy Murderfly Snuka beats Jeff Jarrett in a steel age match. And Chris Benoit is the referee in all of these matches. Main event, Bret Hart, no contest against Kevin Nash for the WCW title. Arn and Sid interfere. The cage lowers for reasons. Terry Funk comes out here brandishing a flaming branding iron and brands Kevin Nash. Sold out is this Sunday and a little bit of context here. NWO 2000 was just formed on TV. Oh my gosh. <laughs> This uh, uh Lance, so I've heard how did you do it? <laughs> so I've heard rumors that this is probably like the third worst nitro in years that they've actually been doing this. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. Um, yeah, no, that probably does brandish the name. Yeah, third worst nitro. Because I mean, already with like crowbar and David Flair, I'm like, what what, what is this? And then I hear, oh, yeah, we're going to have Jeff Jarrett be beaten by a bunch of legends. It's like, what is this, like fast-forwarding to Rob Conway when he did that whole legend spiel? Look at him. 
he probably he probably lost to freaking uh georgiano steel and it was just like you think you can handle that come on slap nuts let's go <laughs> and that out comes tito santana come on slap nuts let's go here's jimmy stoker he's like oh damn it <laughs> That's funny. I met Tito last year at Comic-Con and I was telling him that when I was a kid, I wanted him to be the one to beat Mr. Perfect for the vacant IC title. And I think he told me he claims he was supposed to have a brief run with it back then, but just something didn't fall through. And uh, you told me here before you went on air that you have some notes from the Observer from old Gravy Davy. Oh, gosh. So um, one of them was involving that nitro being the third worst nitro and how they put it there is that you know with it being the third worst nitro in years it could have been worse could have been the second so yay russo so <laughs> it's just one of those things where i thought that was kind of funny um uh dave basically predicts the year for 2000 uh for various companies says uh wwf is huge and only going to get bigger they all have only Built a story for WrestleMania with The Rock and almost certainly winning the title at WrestleMania. Lol. And taking a spot on the throne as the biggest star in the industry now that Austin is on the shelf and his career is in question. Mick Foley is likely going to retire. Well, I mean, we know how that ends. Austin will eventually return and turn heel. Uh, neck collar pull. Uh, Triple H has finally started to click as a headliner and a lot of the undercard guys have superstar buzz around them. Oh, just you wait. The only thing that can be said that could derail a WWF right now would be a bunch of injuries or a major scandal. I think 2000 was actually a good year. Man, Otherwise they're pretty much, Oh, that, that is right. That is right. There's, some, there's they're, some, right. Otherwise there's pretty much untouchable right now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of talk about, uh, New Japan, but I'm not going to go too deep into those ones. Um, uh, ECW had an interesting 1999. Earlier in the year, they were bouncing checks left and right, and they were extremely close to going out of business before the TNN deal literally saved the promotion. ECW's ratings started far lower than TNN expected, but they've gradually been growing, although still nowhere close to what TNN hopes, even though they're still highest rated TNN show on Friday nights. The ECW product has been getting better with more of a focus on in-ring action and good matches. And the ratings are ticking up ever so slightly. So things are stable for them right now, at least. It's not going to be an easy year for ECW either. Uh, yeah. And then WCW. Well, we already know so much about this one. Uh, one that actually got a chuckle out of me was this. A Lucha Libre show in Mexico featured the debut of several wrestlers based on Pokemon characters. <laughs> Go on. Um, all it says is here is that I guess somebody was going to do it at do that at some point, Dave says. So I actually want to look that up and see who on earth these Pokemon were. That's something where I'm just like, okay, you know what? Nowadays, people cheer for a banana. I would not be surprised if in the 1990s, people would have cheered to see like a live pikachu just wrestle in the ring or a charmander or something like that <laughs> brian cage would totally be mad champ by the way so. <laughs> i can see that and then you can get someone like otis being a golem or graveler or what, you know, what geodude, <laughs> oh what geodude becomes oh my god i would love to see that you get akira tozawa as geodude and then 
Otis as Graveler, but you have to trade him <laughs> of him somehow. So let's send him down to NXT for a week. Oh, wait, they did right. that where he caught friggin' Lash Legend in that memeable, glorious hey. memeable moment. Hey. <laughs> uh, the film Beyond the Mat is in contention for an Academy Award for Best Documentary, which I am thinking to myself. Can review that? The, oh, wait, that was so, oh, hang on. I was thinking of Ready to Rumble. Oh, yeah, wait, trust still, me, yeah, that Raider Rumble is coming up on my list, so don't you worry, my friend. Oh, god, the film made the final 12 list for documentaries. A final vote will be made this week to narrow down the list to five actual nominees. The movie is expected to be released in theaters in March. The film has been listed by the Los Angeles Times as being among the best movies of the year of any type. Honestly, guys, if you've not seen Beyond the Mat, I definitely recommend checking it out. It yep. is that damn good uh an ecw one dawn marie injured her ankle while filming a commercial for the new ecw video game they were filming a catfight scene with her and francine when it happens i will honestly say this that <laughs> so dawn marie and uh francine were filming a catfight scene for a commercial for the ecw video game i guess dawn marie uh hurt her ankle during that shoot <laughs> Oh, was that for Anarchy Rules or was that for a hardcore? No, it had to be for Anarchy Rules. It probably had That's to the... be for Anarchy That was this literally reusing the skins from WWF Attitude and Warzone. Just, I had one of those games and, whoosh. Okay. Um, brief note here, Bret Hart suffered a concussion during the match with Goldberg at Starcade. Less said about that, the better, especially when, uh, you t- especially when you bring that up with Bret Hart. Um, oh, jeez. Here's an interesting one. Alternative Press Magazine named the In Sound Clown Posse its band of the year. <laughs> when Lip Biscuit is out, when they're about to drop my way, that well, talk about homies, with... those dogs of mine. <laughs> In an interview with the magazine, they talked about wrestling a little with violent J saying one thing came out of wrestling. We're addicted to painkillers now, but just on the road. The thing is we're still like super nerds. We wouldn't know how to get any pills ourselves. If we were going to, we'd be asking people, did you get any operations recently? Dude. (laughs) Wow. Man. I, there's a reason why the ICP is not one of my favorite uh, teams ever. And there's a reason why I don't listen to their music ever. So good, good on me for that. Um, WCW's Ready to Rumble movie is tentatively scheduled to come out in April. Chris Kenyon handled a lot of the photography for the movie and it also acted as a stunt double in some scenes. God bless you, Chris Kenyon. Speaking of Kenyon, he really put over Lash uh, LaRue, I believe that's how you say Lash LaRue, Purple Thank Cajun. You. There we go. During an interview recent interview saying that LaRue is married with a family, but before his WCW debut, he used to uh, drive 90 miles both ways to go to the power plant for training every single day. I always liked Lash LaRue. It's a shame his career never really took off after WCW. I I feel bad. He seems like a really nice guy, but it's a youth pastor really... now. Oh, really? Huh. He's been a youth. He's been one for years. Like when he was out of WCW, he got in the ministry. Oh, well, <laughs> wrestling, wrestling could change people. <laughs> Who knew? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
hey, we get a little bit of a flair in this. Rick Flair's youngest daughter, Ashley, made her cheerleading All-American team in her age group at a cheerleading competition in Nashville recently. That would be 13-year-old future bad friend Charlotte. <laughs> this is just what it says on it says on Reddit, but I think oh, that's Reddit. <laughs> I think Who's owned that? Who made that? Slack? Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can get like the person that actually made this one. Um, uh, R slash squared circle or... Uh, a oh yeah, squared price eighty-two. Yeah, squared circle Reddit. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I guess they're not the biggest fans of uh, no. of uh, Charlotte Flair. A WWF's website listed the Hardys versus Edge and Christian ladder match as the WWF match of the year. You know what? Honestly, it's a really good match, so I'm not surprised mm-hmm. by that. Yep. This this leads Dave to rant about how WWF pushes their younger stars with things like this. While WCW doesn't, WCW's best match of 1999 was Juventud Guerrero versus Blitzkrieg. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> yes. But after that match, WCW literally never mentioned it again. Wow. I wonder why. And in fact, almost immediately after, both guys were taken off the TV for a bit and neither one of them worked pay per views for the rest of the year. And then Blitzkrieg was quietly released and isn't even wrestling anymore. Come on, man. He has a computer desk job now. Poor guy. Dave says that this may be the first time ever that a rookie Blitz Creek is going to get a match of the year a nomination, the Observer Awards, and yet not even have a job in wrestling by the end of that year. Man, that's just come on, man. Uh, I think that's probably going to be the best spot to end it. There's a couple other ones where it says, like, Vince McMahon did an interview saying that he'll be filing a lawsuit against the PCT, P, PTC group. To which Dave sarcastically says, "Good luck on that one." <laughs> that's all I need to say about that. <laughs> that's where the right to—that's why the right to censor becomes a thing. Is literally oh, that. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll be oh. getting into that later this year. It's oh, it's a ride, man. Okay, well, one one more, and then we'll get into the show. So Mick Foley said in an interview that he plans to write another book. In the same interview, he was also asked about retirement and said, "I plan to retire soon, but I just don't feel." I can leave the company hanging with Stone Cold Steve Austin out. With all modesty, to lose McFoley on the heels of losing Austin would put the company in a tough position. So I'm going to hang in there for a few more months. That's that's pretty admirable by Mick. I will give him that. And that's I mean, uh, Foley is that's Foley is good, and that's almost as good as um, Have a Nice Day. It's it's a good read. Nice. So yeah, that's from the January 10th uh, Wrestling Observer, ladies and gentlemen, from 2000. So with that being said, Fretz, are we ready to review this crazy and what I describe as WWF No Mercy Smackdown? <laughs> it's It absolutely is that because there was a lot of groundwork and mocap being done for No Mercy around this time. The greatest game of all time. It's on my desk over there. It's Laying, laying down the groundwork, and I do want to hear about those Japan things off, off of Mike here a little later on. Okay. So January 13th, 2000, we have SmackDown from the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Illinois, a venue I am sure you are very familiar with, living not insanely far from it, right? Uh, no, I do know that the Allstate Arena is definitely one of the most historic spots in the midwest i mean so many people can name a lot of the list a lot of the great things that have happened there i mean 
I believe Money in the Bank 2011 was one of the bigger ones. Uh, AEW has to have done like so many shows at that arena alone. Um, but hearing that it was from Chicago, I'm like, you know what? It shouldn't surprise me. That's something this historic happens in the Windy City at this point. <laughs> Chicago is a, it's a long, long time history maker for wrestling wrestlemania 13 and uh 22 if i'm not mistaken or unless that's rosemont i might be get. i always get these two venues mixed up but kicking off this show we have triple h and stephanie (laughs) hit me with that triple h Uh, the music keep playing okay i will say this This is an underrated theme song i love it hot take my time is better than the game um i agree i absolutely but, agree but king of kings over all of them yeah that's hard to that's hard to deny but 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 you can't beat out the joy though <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a classic anyways triple h and stephanie kicking off the show Ooh, slut asshole air horns yup it's 2000 all right <laughs> all I was missing was a laser pointer <laughs> they were there during the entrances oh. they were there oh shit I mean, I the, the same laser pointer that I play with my cat with who is sitting in my chair right now having a nap so <laughs> old bugger um, Stephanie is getting booed for speaking a three year old dirty diaper dom takes notes before soiling his pants they said that uh, we did the right, we righted the wrong of firing McFoley. Why would you threaten to leave us? We're fair. You can come talk to us. I expected them to pull the <laughs> we're a family kind of boss type thing. <laughs> and Stephanie's like, there was only one McMahon running the WWE. Yeah, Shane, he's pulling the strings behind the scenes. Triple H is the leader. The leader is good. The leader is great. We surrender a will as of the state. Not a not a not a not a leader. <laughs> Triple H apologizes. Excuse me to Degeneration X. Many books the outlaws. Take a shot every time you hear in this very ring you die. He says Bradshaw is in a handicap match with the outlaws and if Farouk interferes there was no title shot at the rumble uh so classic heel stuff (laughs) also Farouk is in a handicap match with the outlaws and if Bradshaw interferes you get it Uh, okay Uh, okay this is one of those things where they kind of lost me I was like wait a minute so you're putting the acolytes in a handicap match of sorts but you're forcing the new age outlaws to work twice that's what? what? <laughs> I didn't understand that really. It was. I think it was just remnants of. There was like a, like a Rousseau paper was like under a radiator somewhere. There was like, oh yeah, yeah he's not here anymore. Let's just uh, do a few things. Ah, oh, fuck it. Uh, Xbox and Triple Eight ah, versus the Big Show and the Rock, and out comes. Air quotes, mankind, Canadian. <laughs> and he's on his knees in the ring, being pathetic, being like, oh, Triple H, I'm I'm a piece of crap, and 
you're so good and I'm so bad. Now comes the real mankind, and this is where things, where business starts to pick up. Like, I, I'm an entertaining guy. I'm a good author. This is the real mankind, by the way. I'm a tough SOB. And after the beating you gave me on Monday night, I don't think mankind is ready to face you in a street fight. You see Triple H smirking like, damn right. Uh, I think the fans deserve a suitable substitute. Triple H like, mm hmm I think you know the guy. And as he is speaking, unbuttoning his white shirt, and I think it's a guy that you know pretty damn well. And his name is who, Nate? His name is Cactus Jack. And his first act is to kick your teeth all over Chicago. He beats the piss out of Midian and just says, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to, you know, your blood's going to be staining New York city. I'm beating you and I'm taking your title at the Royal rumble. So we have cactus Jack versus triple H in a rematch from Monday night raw at M also at MSG in 1997, put a pin in that when I review the beginning of the Attitude Era later in podcasting times, we see a cactus elbow and a bang bang. And he went from fun foley, fun foley to serious foley like that. This segment, dude, so, what do you think? That was good. So I will go on record to say that as far as like wrestling segments go, this is definitely like top 10 if not top five for me because everything that was delivered here the just the the dialogue that was delivered by mankind the reactions that triple h gave it's just one of those things where it just was perfectly done and the way the triple h sold that transformation from mankind to cactus jack that literally was just a pinnacle of like yes this is why i love wrestling because sure it's the same person but different mentalities. Mankind is different from Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack is different from Dude Love. All three of them are different than Mick Foley. And I'm not going to lie, Fretz. When I saw this at the very start, like you mentioned before, I was surprised too. I was like, wait, we're, we're starting with this? I thought this was like the main event segment. I thought that they were closing the show with this. And I certainly wish that they did because I feel like it peaked with this segment and there was nothing that was going to top that. Everything else kind of was either moderate to okay, maybe good, but nothing there was going to touch this this segment. This should have closed the show. There's only one thing that will come close to this, but I'll let you know what that is when we get there. But it certainly is not the New Age Outlaws versus Bradshaw. Bradshaw immediately throws cocaine at Billy Gunn. Yeah, the beat down. <laughs> The, the Mr. Fuji powder, if you will. Uh, a whole bunch of plunder, baby. A hardcore brawl. And JBL just yeets steps into the ring right at Daddy Ass's face. We see them get a chair, and then Billy hits a... a spugging go ding. JBL goes for the last call, sack of shit, whatever you want to call that move. 
He get and while he's in the the hold, he has Billy in the fallaway slam, unprotected chair shot right to the noggin. Billy falls on top, and that's how you the New Age Outlaws win. And I was expecting Farouk's match to be immediately after this, but it wasn't. We got something so much better. We got a historic debut in the WWE. And who was that debut, Nate? Honestly, dude, I think after that first segment, I was kind of checked out of like the show. <laughs> I feel so bad about this. Um, yeah, I, I'm drawing a blank, dude. I've totally forgotten. It was the coach. Oh, shit. that's right. <laughs> I remember because I remember we, we were talking about this and um, we, I was just saying to you, seeing him with hair. It's weird because we we've, we know him to be bald, but I mean, later on, we see him kind of have like a little bit of a shaven kind of look to him, but no, he actually has hair. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It was very weird. He didn't have his goatee. He didn't look all. No, jacked. he didn't. But he was just like, oh, I'm Jonathan Coachman, but people call me the, the coach. That You can answer. I'm like, if it matters. But what are you the coach of? Coach of the little girl's softball team? Doesn't matter if it's Big Show or Big Bird. <laughs> just bring it. And if it's Big Bird, just bring Snuffleupagus because Sesame Street proved that he wasn't imaginary. This is true. Absolutely true. Oh, just, I love The Rock. And th- this, is, this is a good Rock promo. I love this. <laughs> it is. And it was like, why, why, why is it the coach? It doesn't matter. Big Show, Triple H. Rudy Poo, if you smell... And we have our next match, which is Too Cool and Rikishi versus the Hollies and Al Snow. And tonight, SmackDown is brought to you by WWF The Music Volume 4, Western Union, and PhoneFree.com, which I can only assume was a precursor to Zoom or Skype. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Also, seeing Crash Holly with that scale, I my heart fluttered. I was like, oh, I miss you, Crash. This, this was great. Oh, boy. And... And did you know that the Hollies weigh allegedly over 800 pounds? I did not know that until I saw this match. <laughs> Even in No Mercy, they're billed at 400 pounds, but they don't have like the 400 pound body type. Like when you try and slam Viscera as Crash Holly in that match, and then you throw out your back, just perfect stuff. Uh, Bob mm-hmm. Holly is, of course, involved in the Intercontinental title picture with co-champions Chris Jericho and China. We'll get oh, there. Gosh. And Bob pinned China in a match. Uh, and then you can see Crash is fiddling with the scale, trying to set it. Have you ever worked with those old school scales and trying to set them? That's hard. I mean, they, I think my suck. doctor's office still, my doctor's office still uses those things. Like our, our butcher shop back then would have used it. And heal Al Snow. I think it was way too short-lived. Like he had that demented theme and we get into this match where Grandmaster Sexley hits a Batista bomb. Scotty hits a nice pump handle suplex. We get a Bulldog and the W-O-R-M except the crowd isn't quite playing along with it yet. Too Cool is just starting to turn it up to 11 by this point, but give it a couple months and they'll be the most overact in the entire company. Rock included, maybe. You get a lift cutter by Rakishi, the best dropkick in the business after Maven. 
by Bob Holly. Bailey to belly. We get a uh, crash. It's the Rikishi driver. And then Al gives no, Al gives Bob Holly head. <laughs> Great phrasing. And that was after the fact because Rikishi pinned crash with the sit down pile driver and wins. And Al Snow says that he wants a partner that he can count on. He is sick of all this crap. And I said, I think he needs to make a trip to the motherfucking dojo. You see a dance off with Too Cool and Rikishi and a Cactus Jack promo where he talks about the FMW death matches with Funk. Have you seen any of those, Nate? I've seen little bits of footage of them. And uh, I think that even Dark Side of the Ring showed footage of that. And I literally was just like this. No, no, this is this is like way too much for me. And how did you like this uh, too cool match here? They're just starting to pick up. I mean, honestly, when you got too cool, Crash Holly, and then you also got Al Snow in there, or as Rock says, Al. <laughs> I, I think it's always fun. Um, I, I I I remember mostly about that uh, that sunglass spot because I remember that so well during the WrestleMania 2000 match, where after the match is over. Rikishi just look at the crowd. They get the glasses on. Then next to you know the sky. Boom, boom. Oh no, I'm thinking of a different theme song. <laughs> I'm thinking of a different theme song. Today. There we go. That's a good. That, that's a good one. And uh, apparently, um, either Scotty owns the rights to that, or AEW owns it because Scotty had a dark match in AEW like last week, and they used the "You Look Fly Today," which is. Huh. I thought that was neat. That was really good. But I had the FMW, like I did some tape trading back in the day, and I had the FMW. Yikes. Just yikes on bikes. Speaking of things that aren't on bikes, we have Gangrel and Luna going up against Test here. And when the bell rings, Test puts on his Virgil Tristratus nose guard mask. I'm like, why couldn't oh, he just come right. out? With I thought that was so weird, but then they tried to make it make sense. Like he, it was like what happened to William Regal in 02 when he was wrestling Edge. He literally would just get like stiff breeze, just no nose gushing everywhere. Same kind of thing was happening with Test. Uh, he hits a doctor bomb. Luna goes for a distraction. Grain Girl goes for the ropes, but is noped. We have the Uncle Slam, and Luna pulls off pulls out the ref. Test gets a belly to belly. Luna jumps in. We get a DQ and a schmoz. Luna eats a pump handle. I mean, she she's a girl who's just like, she's like Mae Young. If you're going to give it to me, give it to me. Don't go easy on me or I'll kick your ass. And Gangrel gets the elbow. We get a nothing match here, Nate, but uh, Test, test yeah. Gangrel, Gangrel and Luna as a pairing. I forgot that was even a thing. They're married back here, too. Right. Um, I don't see too much of Luna that much. So seeing her was interesting. And when I see Test, I think to myself, oh, yeah, this is 2000, right? Oh, we're months after the fact that he was going to be a big star and then somebody took his place. <sighs> I I really wanted Test to succeed. I think you could have with the right like, manager and stuff, but it just... It just, it was just one of those things where it's like, man, poor dude. You, you mean you didn't like his pairing with Stacy? 
testicles. <laughs> but I mean, you have to remember that we are just uh, probably a month away from T and A, not that T and A, not the one that I cover, the other T and A. So that's T and A. Oh, okay. There with the, there's an and and an N, but we say it so fast that you, you, you know, backstage. If you don't know, cr- then. If you don't know, now you know. Backstage, Chris Jericho, China, and Miss Kitty have a chat here. Jericho oh. and China have been the co intercontinental champions. I thought, did they do this before? I know Santino and Beth Phoenix had like a tag team match where that title was on the line and there was, excuse me, shenanigans. But there's some apologies going around because Chris Jericho is Canadian. It's in our blood. We are polite. We apologize. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the dual IC champion. Let me come out with a belt. No, let me come out with a belt. Doodly, doodly, doot. We got the Hardy Boys with Terry versus boss man and albert winners of the tit coming out with tit oh that's this was weird seeing terry come out with them and and we're we're a month away from sa rios and lita debuting in the company less than it's just it's one of those things where i just look at that i think like she's trying to kind of be a part of it, but just, I don't know if it's just how she's built, which is a weird way of putting that, or if it's just her mannerisms or something like that. She just does not fit that mold. And I think WWE learned that pretty quick. It's like, um, yeah, this is kind of like the odd couple kind of deal. She She's definitely kind of like a, a um, pretty girl kind of deal. Like her, yeah. her thing with when, when when she was Alexandria York, I mean, she was using technology like 1991 computer technology to dictate outcomes of matches. Imagine that. But yeah, Lita had that punk, punky kind of vibe that the Hardys did. It, it fit way better. And th- this this pairing is not much longer for this world anyways, because she get she would get put through a table and go from there. Uh, King with a line of the night saying that Albert would give Bossman the hair off his back. And I say that as a furry guy myself. I think that's very, very funny. We see a uh, a powerbomb reverse to a twist of fate. And this is when we learn that that neckbreaker is called the twist of fate. We have a collision. We have a miscommunication. Jeff with the roll up and the boss man and Albert come to blows. And they both need and get new tag team partners in the coming months at hard hardy's bossman and al how is this doing for you? you you told me there was a lot of random tag matches on this show and you're right <laughs> this is one of the second times where i just saw this i'm like okay this is this is a weird pairing but like you said there's gonna be some other more established teams honestly by the time we reach wrestlemania there's quite a few established teams on there that are Pretty good, honestly. I mean, seeing Bossman and Albert, I'm like, okay, there's something off with this one. Maybe it's the fact that Albert is such a furry big guy and Bossman doesn't 
need to be working with a furry big guy. It should not be a situation where it looks like a, a corrections officer works with one of the convicts. That's how I feel about this tag team. You know, if Nails didn't like try to choke out Vince McMahon in 1993, uh, you would have had Boss Man tagging with Nails as a heel. Oh, God. I probably would have paid good money just to see that, though. That actually would have probably been a very entertaining team. Much like head cheese. Hey, yo. We're getting there. Oh, no. That's like next spoiler alert. That's like next week. Yay. Like when I, the, the same night as the radicals, I think is the night that head cheese is formed. We just don't have Chester McCheeserton out there yet, but we do have Lillian and the big show backstage and big show says oh, there are okay. scores to settle. And <laughs> I'm not a jabroni. I like my skinny. Uh, he says he doesn't like The Rock. And then China is backstage trying to be a gossipy, chatty Kathy and stir up shit and give Corey some bad news. And huh. yeah, just like the high school chicks gossiping and shit. Big big show, Nate. Just jabroni. I, I, I laughed during this promo because first of all, I thought to myself, okay, this is obviously before Big Show's ball dropped, so he just sounded like a little whiny baby. And secondly, he was just like, Brock, Brock called me a jabroni. I'm not a jabroni. I do not like The Rock. I'm like, dude, seriously? You're going to whine about that? You'd probably be called worse in WCW by the brother, 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 man. And you're pissed off about The Rock calling you a jabroni? <laughs> dude, Bruce I never thought I'd say this. He was the WWE champion like three weeks ago. And the thing is that The Rock was praising him for that. He was saying, Rock, the big show, former WWF champion. And I'm, like, we go from him praising it to the big show just going like, oh, I'm not a jabroni. I do not like The Rock. I'm like, dude, this was a former WWE champion. He's whining like a little baby. That's... Jinder Mahal had more dignity than Big Show at this point. <laughs> hey, don't pull a Tony and hinder the gender man. Not on the- I'm co- I'm complimenting Jinder Mahal. I'm saying that he was better than this generation than this 2000 version of Big Show. <laughs> Damn right, he's a, he's a Canadian legend. Is is that gender? And speaking of Canadian legends, we got Edge and Christian versus Kurt Angle and Steve Muffugan Blackman. Twelve out of ten. The show is he's saved. Just- <laughs> this, I literally looked at this. And I'm like, on paper, this would seem like it should be a good match because you have Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, and Steve Blackman, a freaking legit badass. I guess Edson Christian, one of the most entertaining duos of all time. This is a WWF No Mercy matchup, but this is an amazing No Mercy matchup that needs to be a five star classic. I would have to go buy a new a new Nintendo sixty four and a new copy of No Mercy, or emulate it just to do this again. And if you've been listening to me for the past little while, you know how I feel about the team of Kurt Angle and Steve Muffugan Blackman. Shout out to Wrestling Bios. He's in 1999 right now in the Monday Night Wars. He is months away from the bloom coming off the rose because that Blitzkrieg match you talked about, he just did that. And holy shit. And he just did Backlash 99 and Spring Stampede. Yeah, things are still looking up. But oh boy, based on what I did for Nitro, no. 
Uh, 12 out of 10, show of the year with Angle and Blackman. Uh, Yay. Tag team champions forever. Uh, Kurt Angle has a distraction, and Steve uh, slams Christian on the outside. with a. There's a nice float over suplex. Angle slam was reversed into a reverse DDT. And it is mentioned here that Edge is mirroring Val Venus's sister, which nope, that happened. They were a thing for a while, which was before then Edge was. I think it was after that is when the whole Edge and Lita thing happened. There, there might have been someone else in there, but I don't care about a wrestler's personal life. I don't dabble into that. Uh, Steve hits a, a bicycle kick, and Val Venus is coming out here, and it's like, hello, Beckman. You weren't thinking of using this on my future brother-in-law, were you? And then we get a missile dropkick into a German, and Edge and Christian win, but because Kurt Angle is not pinned, he is still undefeated. This was weird, but this was good. Like I, I love Steve Blackman. I love dorky Kurt Angle. Dude, what do you think here? Uh, match of the night. Uh, this, <laughs> I'll say this, even with the Val Venus uh, innuendo involved with this, I found myself loving this. I mean, we get a prelude of what Kurt Angle is going to be doing with Edge and Christian in the future, which is going to be nice choice. So, God, Lord help me, this is this is good stuff. I mean, this is a Kurt Angle breakout breakout year. So, give him a few more months. He may be uh he may be a royalty bound individual, or give it a few more weeks. He may be wearing not one but two types of gold. But jumping ahead, I apologize. This match up here. 12 stars out of five. <laughs> yeah, especially in is 13 in the Tokyo Dome. Hell yeah. Shout out Wrestle Kingdom, by the way, if you haven't checked that out. Damn. Uh, Okada versus Danielson, match of the year contender, and it's a week into the year. Backstage, China, something about Chris Jericho crossing the line. Chris Jericho oh, talking God. about something about a flight attendant adding new positions to the, Oh, this is when they were talking about into Tori and you know, that he would add new positions to the Karma Sutra. Well, Chris Jericho knows a thousand and four holds. So maybe he knows a thousand and four. other things. I'm not going to kink shame, but China is just stirring the pot here being just the, the classic gossipy high school girl stirring the pot with the other girls and blah, 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 blah. We see a Cactus Jack promo where he is dumpster diving the New Age Outlaws and then him and Terry Funk get dumped off the stage and which visually right. they treated it like a horrifying spot. It looked ugly. He may have been surrounded by mattresses in that whole dumpster, but they made it look bad. Like This was like Vince McMahon when he was just starting to be Mr. McMahon coming out on TV and screaming at the outlaws and cussing them out and like, you're going to kill them. What the fuck do you think you're doing? And that, that was something else. We lead right into new age outlaws versus Farouk. Farouk slams everybody, but then we get a jackhammer. What? By Billy Gunn. JBL <laughs> comes out laying pipe on the outlaws. Where's Xbox? Um, well, my good sir, I think we'll find out in either a segment or two, because uh, I do believe that he may be having a conversation uh, with uh, someone in particular. Uh, 
about uh, Monday. Ah, uh... uh, yes. Tag team match again. Play a play where we got Godfather and D'Lo Brown versus the Headbangers, the Nation of Domination. <laughs> I forgot about this team. <laughs> lives, or as they called them, supply and demand. Headbangers coming out with, okay, what the hell? You, you guys are metalheads. You're coming out in your Marilyn Manson t-shirts. Then you got these big foamy kits. Like, are you making reference to when Marilyn Manson wore that breast body shoot bodysuit thing for the dope show music video? Or are you just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks? Because I'm a metal, like I'm a heavy metal, I'm a rocker kind of guy. No, that's no. And then we see the, oh, we see something. Did you notice the Titan Tron start to flash orange and a certain logo, the number 13, and you hear the mood is about to change. Oh, we're going to, it's Taz. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we're there. Look, is it Hook? I bet it's Hook. Hook versus Ginger. (laughs) In 2000. <laughs> Look, I'm just imagining that just Jinder and Hook were just born like decades earlier. Now they're wrestling in WWE. And well, you know what? Strangely enough, I think that if there was ever time to put Jinder as WWE champion, it's in the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> well, it, it could be. Well, I'll say this. There was a certain disastrous event that took place in a certain year. And you capitalize on that. Heat. Air him with Muhammad Hassan or something. Oh, geez. that that would have been a very detrimental faction tag team, but also I would have been all for it. Actually, I mean, if Sheikh Abdul Bashir can have airplanes crashing as his entrance theme, <laughs> hey, to be fair, I am at the point where they actually got rid of that. So. But I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, just woof. So Godfather here is offering his services to the headbangers, but nah. It's just nah. And um Mosh is like, we look better than your trolls do, anyways. No, thank you. O train lowdown backstage rocking coach promo again. And it's like, you know, big show. I don't like you. We see a cactus jack bit here where there's a thing I completely forgot where Foley went two on one with it was like Midian and Viscera sometime in 99. I forgot that happened and I was watching it live. Like that just out of my memory. (laughs) You know, that's funny because we see that we see the Midian and Viscera deal here. And then fast forward two years later, Cactus Jack and Midian. They're fighting in the ring again. Some things just don't change in wrestling. <laughs> well, at least Midian has pants on this time. This is true. This is very true. I'm very happy about that. I am several months away from that. And I don't know if that's a show. Because I want to bring on Matt Ritter. You're hearing this. I'm bringing you on. We've had conversations. And I'm trying to think if it's going to be something that has a certain kind of uh, kink. I'm thinking hardcore evening gown or I'm thinking naked Midian. Oh boy. That's like choosing between your children. It's like, which one do you prefer more? 
<laughs> I don't know. My children, if I had children like that, well, I'd still love them, but uh, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, we, uh, we have uh, China stirring the pot because it's Kane versus Y2J in a non title match several months ahead of their feud over hot coffee. That's a thing that happened later this year. Spoiler I alert. Forgot. <laughs> That's right. Like, you think this is about coffee? I'm sorry, that didn't burn you. I mean, yeah, Kane's wearing... Anyways, Corey is a liar. It's all China causing trouble, Chris Jericho says. And Chris Jericho, you trying to tiptoe around the fact tiptoe around the fact that he doesn't like her, you know, like doesn't like like her. That's like, right. I, and, he <laughs> is, and he just keeps eating word soup and tripping over. It's like me flirting. Is what Chris Jericho is doing. It's it's, it's, it's me, it's literally me flirting. He's two months away from being called, from having a movie called The 40-Year-Old Virgin being based on me. Anyways, we have Chris Jericho's like, I don't find you attractive. I mean, you're not my type. And blah 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 bloop eats his words. Goozle, cane powerbomb, flying lariat, missile drop kick, walls Jericho, China distraction, goozle, choke slam, and the tombstone. And then Cat just gets the intercontinental title. Yoink and King calls it a cat nap. Oh, 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 oh okay. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Double entendre meaning here. Uh, right. So, how do you like school in China here? This is just. So I will say this. This is the one segment that I was just rolling my eyes and like, oh my gosh, this. How can you believe this? This. No, just no. And but I will say that the whole deal where they're fighting over, you know, who gets like possession of the Intercontinental title, like China, I think, had it at the start of the show. And then Jericho was like, it is mine. He puts it around his waist, fights Kane, and then Kat's just like, okay, you're you're kind of incapacitated right now. I'm just gonna take this and give it back to China. Which also th- this is so weird, just seeing having china have a mini me in this era it's like what the hell is this it's like somebody watched austin powers and thought who can we have that can have a mini me or something like that uh you know what china's not really doing anything right now uh who can we can pair up with her cat cat can you dress up like china well not really really good 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 let's see if we can make this work they were doing that when when she was feuding with jeff jarrett for the intercontinental it's been a yeah. while. Oh, wow. Jeez. Well, it's not going to last that much longer. I know that much. <laughs> nope, because the cat would go on to have such legendary matches as the Thong Stink Face match. Oh, that's... Oh, God, that's right. That's coming up in WrestleMania, isn't it? SummerSlam. Oh, shoot. That's right. Okay. Is so that- what was I thinking? Oh, there was just a WrestleMania cat fight at WrestleMania. Which the only singles match that pay per view, by the way, it's that, that. Is, that is the most atrocious thing ever. Um, I'm debating which was worse and which one I would less likely put bleach in my eyes for this match or the one from WrestleMania 19, the, the WrestleMania cat fight that time. I mean, that WrestleMania cat fight had. Mula and Mae Young in the corners of the respective people. And the SummerSlam match had Val Venus in a referee towel, like this a striped towel, 
and he was getting like roll on top of by both ladies and then would join the right to censor in like a month after oh that's right so basically what we're saying is f you valvianus got it sounds right it, it's like a it's a it's a curd sandwich and a douche it's 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 what do you choose uh the, the slam of the week nate uh it's brought to you by 1-800-COLLECT who here has made a collect call yep i have it's the the whole would you accept a collect call from tonight's james could you pick me up i nope click go and it's the pedigree through the table on to mcfoley on monday night raw Main event time, we have The Rock and The Big Show versus X-Pac and Triple H. I know there was, I didn't write this down here, but Triple H and X-Pac seem to have buried the hatchet backstage. Just whatever. It's a a ruse. I'm like, yeah, D-Generation X is going to become stronger than ever until Billy Gunn uh, tears his uh, shoulder out next month. Big Show gets some offenses in, but we get bits here where he refuses to tag in The Rock. Hmm. Rock then blind tags. People's elbow. X-Pac gets the chair. Big Show also refuses the tag. We get a Triple H low blow and a pedigree. Big Show choke slam, and he's heel again already. This is hmm. where the Big Show heel turn memes uh, begin. We're heading into the Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble match, which I'll I'll give it credit here. It's going to have a good couple of feuds going into it. This is one of them. This is your feud that's going to take you through WrestleMania. Uh, and that does it for this episode of SmackDown. We started out with history, and then we just went right into Universe mode. But I enjoyed this one. Uh, Nate, what did you think of this show? Uh I thought it was okay. Like, like like we said before, the start of the show was the peak of interest for this show. Like I said, if this was the if that was the main event spot, it probably would have been. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it would become one of those weird things. It's like, do you want to just get the good stuff now and then just deal with the meh stuff afterwards, or would you rather have the meh stuff at the beginning and then get the good stuff? Like, kind of one of those like earned kind of deals. I would have probably put the the thing at the main event, which I think I thought it was when they did like the promo package for uh, Cactus and Triple H at Royal Rumble. I was under the impression that that was the main event segment for that SmackDown. But uh, yeah, no, I was wrong. That was the start of the show. And I was like, oh, OK, well, then what do we got after this? OK, that the show peaked. <laughs> Other than a couple of comedic moments that we mentioned, uh, not much really happened with this show. <laughs> I was sports entertained, you know. I love the team of C. Blackman and uh, and Kurt Angle. It's lasted longer than I thought it would. They had a match at Armageddon, but then they still kept pegging. Uh, I'm a big fan of Blackman and Dorky Kurt. Of course, we have Cactus Jack. We're, we're going into this historic match. This was a historic moment. I played the crap out of No Mercy, so I could almost name this promo off beat by beat. It was... Re- it was good, but you could have put that spot at the end and put, say, the Big Show versus The Rock like just beforehand. But I guess you wanted to end things off on kind of a cliffhanger, kind of a, a shocking moment. So I, I can see why they did that here. Uh, Nate, 
plug your stuff here. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Can they find you wrestling? Uh, what's up in the Bananaverse? So uh, in the Bananaverse, I am working on creating some TikToks for Banana James, which I'm hoping we'll have the first one before the month is over. So I'm actually going to pull that up right now. I'm going to, I'm going to promote my TikTok right now. I know I think I've only got one video on my TikTok deal, but honestly, it's one of my favorite videos that I actually created. Uh, so I'm going to have to change this now. Uh, at Nate Grandana is the TikTok deal. And if you want to talk to me on the Twitter as well as on the Instagram at Real FN Game, feel free to check that out. I also do a podcast for WrestleMania Radio called Brace for Impact, where I talk about TNA stuff. This past week, I discussed the TNA show that was in Las Vegas. And this upcoming Tuesday, I'm going to be talking about TNA Hard to Kill, which is going to be actually a huge staple in the relevancy and the history of TNA because these guys have been going on for almost, I think, 20 years now. So they are indeed hard to kill. And they are debuting new championships all throughout the week. And they look amazing. They just unveiled their TNA world title at the time of this recording. It looks awesome. It's very good. Yeah, I've been keeping my eyes on TNA, like watching the odd bit. I watched the show where Cultaholics Tom Campbell was the ring announcer in Newcastle. It's too many people are sleeping on TNA and it's damn good stuff. And my socials, you can follow me on every, I have threads, I have Blue Sky, Twitter, you know, Instagram, that whole thing, Fretzelmania, that's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This is on Wrestle Attic Radio. Say it with me, kids, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, home of Brace for Impact, home of King's Other Rings Podcast. It's Wednesday night. Uh, there's no show this week. So a big shout out to King Ricky, and we'll see you Sunday. Uh, Royal Rumble 2000 is coming up. And before I go, I want to send some love to a fellow podcaster, Mr. Warren Hayes. Get well soon, good brother. We love you. We're rooting for you. And uh, I'm going to actually check in on uh, Kristen to see how he's how he's been doing he had surgery so praying for everybody so until next time folks ttfn ta-ta for now nate it's been a pleasure thank you so much and as Absolutely. always keep your stick on the ice this has been a wrestle attic radio branded podcast